Hey everybody, welcome back to Just Like Other Girls. As always, it's me, Shannon Fiedler, uh, but I'm excited because today, I'm excited because today I want to talk about something that I love a lot, <laughs> um, a lot, a lot, and I'm not afraid to say that because I think this is something that stereotypically liking it, people people like to turn their nose up at it, and I think that's crazy. Today, I want to talk about Disney and specifically the theme park experience and even more specifically than that because there are obviously so many different <clears throat> Disney theme parks across the globe. I want to talk about Walt Disney World which for those who don't know is the one in Orlando down in Florida where in many ways I would say that I grew up and I love Disney. I love Disney a lot and I've actually been to Disney I think now it's at I think I've been to Disney 19 times which is an insane statistic and I know some of you guys are like what in the like that is crazy and I understand that that is crazy but I love I love going and I've had some of the best memories there because I started going I went my whole life every year when I was a little kid and I think part of that is you know, I'm an only child, so when I was three or four, I didn't have a sibling to go on vacation with. And so, yeah, we could have gone to a lot of places, but as a little kid, I would have been bored out of my mind. And so my parents, God love them, they're wonderful, they they prioritized me having a good time and, and enjoying my vacation, and so we went to Disney World. And then I've been a couple times in my adult life as well. And before I get into the why I love it and my thoughts about it, I, I do want to take a minute and talk about the term Disney adult. And I want to talk about it in two specific ways. One, I do think Disney adult means something to people, right? You hear that, you get a certain picture in your head, you have a certain thought, whatever that might be. It is a term that is very evocative. You know exactly what I mean when I say Disney adult. And the first thing I want to say is that I think that you can be a fan of Disney and an adult without being a Disney adult. I feel like those are two separate things. I feel like there are Disney adults that fall into this sort of mold that the internet has created, whatever that might be, and then there are adults who happen to like Disney. And I do think that I fall into the latter. However, I, I just, I want to stop yucking people's yums. And I feel strongly about this one because this happens to be my yum. And it's a yum that I think people really enjoy yucking. But I, I want to talk about this for a couple of seconds before I get into the Disneyness of it all. Why do we have to make fun of people for liking the things that they like? I, I just, I have such a hard time with that. And I think, you know, I look at it from a I like going to Disney World perspective and people are like, oh, it's childish or it's make-believe. And I'm like... What about fantasy football? That is also make-believe. Or grown men who go to a sporting event wearing a jersey like a little kid. That's also childish. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm supporting that. I think it's great to tap into things that feel childish because the world is constantly telling us to be serious and to, to hustle and to work hard and to do everything to get ahead. And when you can tap into something that feels magical – that feels nostalgic, like going to a baseball stadium like you used to with your dad or going to the Magic Kingdom like you used to as a kid. Why not? Why not embrace these things 
these sort of breaks from the the doldrums and the difficulties of an everyday life to do something that you just genuinely enjoy. If someone likes something and it's not harming anyone, I mean, there's like literally nothing harmful about being a Disney adult. Why can't we just let people like the things they like? I think there was a period of my life, probably right out of college, where I was embarrassed. Like I would never hide how much I loved Disney World. I I couldn't. I just physically couldn't. It's too imprinted on my soul. (laughs) But I was embarrassed to talk about it or... My parents and I went to Hawaii for my parents' 25th wedding anniversary, so I was 24 years old. And on the way home, we were stopping in California, and we went to Disneyland for the day. And I felt like I had to qualify it when I was telling my coworkers or my friends. I was like, oh, well, we just went because we figured, you know, when else would we go? Like, we're never going to go to California just to go to Disneyland. And I just felt like I had to make all these excuses for why – it was okay and not uncool that I went to Disneyland when in reality I had such a wonderful day there and I was so happy and enjoyed every minute of it and I think I don't know what happened but a a flip switched at one point where I was like you know what I'm done apologizing for this I'm done pretending that I don't like this thing that I really like and instead I'm gonna embrace it and maybe too much maybe it's to that point of you know when they're like Liking coffee isn't a personality. Maybe liking Disney isn't a personality for me either. But I've kind of gone all in on, okay, I know how to navigate the parks. I know how to have a good time. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to go there. I'm going to take my fiancé there with my parents, which we did this year. And I'm going to show him this this trip that means a lot to me. And I'm I'm going to post about it on social media and and it's not going to be something that I feel the need to hide. It's something I'm going to embrace and I'm going to share with other people, which is how this episode of Just Like Other Girls came to be. So that's my preamble. So now going into the Disney of it all. So like I said, I've been to Disney World at this point, I think it's 18 times. Honestly, it might even be 19. I, I can't even count. And I think it's important to understand why I keep coming back. At least for me, Disney is such a nostalgic place. And like I said, I went there every year as a child. I was very fortunate that I was able to do so. My parents made that a reality. And it was something I looked forward to and it was something we shared and it was just this really wonderful part of my youth. And so sometimes... I will say to people, going to Disney World for me almost feels like going to grandma's house. That is how intrinsically linked it is with my childhood. So many of my memories happened at Disney World. And I think that that is really important, at least for my, maybe not important. I think that goes a long way into why I like going back so much as an adult. Because it reminds me of being a kid. It, it feels familiar. It feels, it feels like a place that is full of memories that I want to relive. Happy memories. And it feels like something that I want to be a part of. So I grew up going there. That's a big reason why I love going to Disney. And why I think if you have never been before and you go as an adult, you can sort of come at it from two ways you can come at it and be like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna experience this and I'm gonna take it in with this sense of childlike wonder because obviously that is what it caters to 
Or there are a lot of people who I think are, they think they're too cool for school. They're like super want to just like turn their noses up at it and roll their eyes. And they're like, oh, it's just like plastic castles and overpriced water bottles. Which it is. The, the price that they charge for a water par- in that park is criminal. I will tell you that. Like, there is no, it is expensive and it is man-made and it's make-believe. But you know that going in. And so if you embrace that, you can have a really wonderful time. If you are willing to jump into the magic of it all, then you can really have an experience that I think feels that magical. And I grew up, you know, I, it, this should come as no surprise to anyone. I have gone on to become an actress. I grew up loving playing make-believe and creating these fantasy stories and diving into the narratives of my favorite cartoons and my favorite books. And Disney gives you a chance to do that in the physical and real world through its immersive theme parks. And again, doing that, that sort of make-believe that indulging in fantasy and and unreality is not something we're given the opportunity to do very often as adults. And when we are, it's almost always through looking at a screen. And I think what the Disney parks do, that the reason they feel so special is because you get to immerse yourself in a different world in a very physical way. And you just have to be willing to Check your disbelief at the door and embrace it. And if you go in with that attitude, you're going to have an amazing time. Because the other reason I love Disney is because it is fun. It is fun, plain and simple. Who doesn't love a roller coaster and an ice cream cone in the shape of Mickey Mouse and rides and attractions and shows and firework shows? I dare you to say that those things aren't fun. And sure, for some people, that's not going to be to completely overuse this metaphor. That's not going to be their own personal yum. It's my yum. I think it's a great time. I love theme parks. I think they're so much fun when they're done right. And I think it's fair to say that if you are a Disney person, you might consider yourself to be a Disney snob and you might say like, oh, other theme parks don't have anything on Disney. But it is fun. You just go and you have a good time. It's whimsical. And because it's so whimsical, and I've said this a couple times, when you get to Disney you can sort of check your reality at the door. You can say, you know what, I'm, I don't want to think about work. I don't want to think about this fight I'm having with my friends. I don't want to think about heartbreak or the thousand things I have to do. I want to just be immersed in a story. And I think that that's why Disney, as opposed to other theme parks that don't do this sort of immersive narrative world building, is so successful. Because when you're at Six Flags... And I grew up going to Six Flags. There was one near where I lived. And sure, Six Flags has better roller coasters in a lot of ways. But when you're there, you just feel like you're in a parking lot with some roller coasters. You don't necessarily feel like you're in another world. So you don't have this ability to sort of disconnect. There is an escapism that comes with going to Disney World. And I mean that in the best way possible, not in this negative, I have to escape my life, but... Look, the news is tough. The the week is full of deadlines and coffee dates that you don't want to go on and going to the gym when you don't feel like it. And Disney doesn't have any of that. And you're able to put that behind you and not think about it. And the reason you're able to do that, and my thesis, if you will, of why I think 
the Disney parks are so special. Not just because it's nostalgic, not just because it's full of literal amusements and attractions and entertainment, but because on the whole, each park, each land, each attraction is an absolute feat of storytelling. And as a comedian, as a writer, as an actress, storytelling is my bread and butter. And I'm always looking for where I think the best stories are. And a lot of times that's on TV. It's obviously in books. It can be an amazing comedy. It's really cool to see it, like I've said, in the physical world as an experience that you can walk around where every detail is accounted for. And that is what Disney does in a way that I admire and as a person who is creative want to do in my own work every single day. They leave no detail untouched. Everything right down to the trash cans is in-world and designed in a way that immerses you into a story. When you go on a ride, the story starts the minute you step in the queue line. So in Toy Story Land, for example, if you want to go on Toy Story Mania, which is a super fun ride, (laughs) um, the line is as if you're walking through Andy's bedroom and you've been shrunken down to the size of a toy. So the sort of rope and stanchions that tell you which way to go are made out of tinker toys that are larger than life. And there's drawings on the wall that look like they were drawn in crayon on pieces of paper. There's board games, there's pickup sticks. It's fun, it's exciting. You feel in the world of Toy Story so that by the time you get onto the ride vehicle and you start, you are already fully in the mind space of Toy Story. So your brain is like, all right, I'm here. I'm in Andy's room. I'm hanging out with Woody and Buzz and Little Bo Peep. And you're ready for that adventure, which is the total opposite of, say, you're in line for, I don't know, literally any other ride in the park. Let's go with something completely different. You're in line for Tower of Terror, which I feel like everyone knows what that ride is. It's it's pretty famous, but if you don't, it's basically, it has a whole story with it. It has an entire story which is that years ago in the 1930s, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was where all of the stars of Hollywood went. And one night on a rainy night, the elevator shaft was struck by lightning on the 13th floor and the elevator broke and entered the Twilight Zone. And it's based on the Twilight Zone. And everything about that queue, that lobby, The story that you hear going into the ride plays into the experience of going on the ride. So the ride itself is just a drop tower, which they have at every Six Flags, every carnival, every amusement park in the world. You go up and you come down and it's fun and your stomach drops. And for most rides, that's enough. You have a great thrill. You're you're on to the next one. But for Disney, that wasn't enough. For Disney, they wanted a narrative. They wanted a world that you could feel immersed in so that when that tower drops not only do you feel that pit of your stomach that adrenaline rush of the drop you also feel this fear of this culmination of this story of being brought into the twilight zone tower of terror and it's right down to the people working at the ride so you know again normally you go to six flags it's a bunch of teenagers who are just like make sure you're strapped in on your roller coaster you go wait in line for the tower of terror and it's these these actors basically and they're dressed like bellhops and they have personalities and they say spooky things and they create a mood 
they create an aura, they create a story that you want to be a part of that creates affinity towards things beyond just, oh, that ride is fun. People have become fans of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, of the Tower of Terror, not just because of the ride that it is, but because of the entire experience around it. There's merchandise after it. You can get a stuffed Goofy that's wearing the bellhop costume. There's so much lore and excitement around this ride because every single detail was accounted for. Disney tells a story through every single thing you encounter and nothing is nothing is left unthought of or untouched. So a little bit about Disney, just some 101 if you're not as obsessed as I am, which you probably aren't because this is my thing that I've chosen. So I'm sure you have your own things. Disney has six theme parks nationwide. There's obviously Disney World, which I'm doing all of my talking about. In Florida, there's Disneyland in Anaheim, California. That's the original one. Uh, there's also Disneyland Paris, Shanghai Disney, Tokyo Disney, and Hong Kong Disney. Um, I've never been to any of the international Disney parks, but maybe someday. They also have some cruise ships. They have, you know, properties that aren't associated with parks. There's one in Hawaii. There's one in Hilton Head. They, they have a lot all over the place, but I spent most of my youth, well, all of my youth, going to Disney World. It was an easy flight from Connecticut. It's like two hours to Orlando. And I still, like, I've had to fly into Orlando for work um, or for layovers. And when I get into that Orlando airport, and if you've ever been or if you are a Disney fan, you might know what I'm talking about, but it has the most specific carpeting in the world. It's like mint green with like little golden polka dots or something. But it just like changes the entire light of the airport. And being Florida, it has like rattan furniture. And when I get into that airport, my mood just brightens. Like I can feel my chest opening and my heart is just singing because I remember that feeling as a little kid, the anticipation of, oh my God, we're going to Disney. I cannot wait. I have my whole trip itinerary planned. My mom packed my suitcase for me and it's time to go to Disney. And that feeling of that airport just being, oh my God, we're so close. We're almost there. It, it is a happy place for me. And to say that about an airport is really saying something because we all know airports suck. So clearly it made an impression on me. Another reason that we went to Disney all the time over Disneyland is Disney World is bigger. So Disney, Walt Disney World is made up of four specific theme parks. Um, Those are the Magic Kingdom, which is, that's the Disney you think of. That's where the castle is. That's where the fireworks are, the carousel, the teacups, which were my favorite ride growing up. So that's sort of the main park. That's what started it all down there. Then you have Epcot, which is one that you hear about a lot. It has, you know, Future World, which is like space age kind of stuff. And then it has something called the World Showcase, which are these, um, I forget how many it is, maybe 11 pavilions that are different countries they're representative of. So it's like Mexico, Japan, Morocco, China, Canada, Norway, um, Germany. There's more than that. But... The architecture of all of the buildings mimics the architecture in those worlds. 
Another thing that I think is super cool is when you're in one of the lands, like the the Morocco or the Mexico or the Paris, the France, every cast member who works in that land as a restaurant, like a waitress or um, works in the stores, they're all from that country originally, which is just such a cool detail. And you can go and you can talk to someone in the UK and ask them about what it was like to grow up in Ireland. And I used to my name is Shannon, which unequivocally sounds better with a brogue, an Irish accent. And I remember like when I was old enough to like understand, I would go into the shops in the UK and look for people who were from Ireland and just be like, hi, my name is Shannon. Because I wanted them to say my name back to me because I loved how it sounded in their accent. This was also a behavior that I adopted when I moved to New York and I was single and I used to go to Irish bars and the bartenders would be Irish and I would get them to say my name and I thought it was super fun and flirty. So (laughs) clearly this experience I had as a 10 year old changed and morphed with me. But again in in all these lands they're, they're so immersive. They all have rides and attractions and stores and restaurants that are freaking good. That's another thing. I think people think, oh, you go to Disney, you're just going to be like in this amusement park and you're going to eat hot dogs and Mickey-shaped pretzels. And please, eat as many Mickey-shaped pretzels as your heart desires. They rule. They're great. However, there is like really good food in Disney. There is fine dining. There is amazing food of different cuisines and different styles. And some are these beautiful five-star looking restaurants. Some of them are dinner theater some and every one of the restaurants is also fully immersive they have a theme they have a world they have a set around them that comes to life through the menu so you are getting more than just roller coasters you're getting really good restaurants you're eating amazing food when you're in Disney and that's all part of the experience as well back to explaining the structure of Disney World so you have the Magic Kingdom you have Epcot the third park um which used to be called MGM Studios. And because I went so much as a kid, I still call it that. It's like people in Chicago that the Sears and Willis Tower thing, like you just stick to what you called it as a kid, but it is now called Disney's Hollywood Studios. And that's a land that has changed a lot over time. And it's really been cool for me to see how it's grown and the kinds of worlds that they've brought into it. I think it would be really hard for me to pick a favorite park because they all have so many memories and so many, I like them all for different reasons. To me, all four of the theme parks are incredibly different and they serve different purposes. But I think if you were like, hey, if you don't tell me your favorite park right now, I'm going to steal your whole bank account or something like that. I might say it's Hollywood Studios. It has the best rides by far, um, in my opinion. And I just, I remember the excitement of going there so much as a kid and it it's half of the world is like this old Hollywood aesthetic which I have always been drawn to, that sort of idealized glamour of 1950s Hollywood. That's where the Tower of Terror is. There's a lot of really fun attractions. But since then, it's also grown and now it is inclusive of Toy Story World and this whole sort of Pixar landscape and something that I think brought a lot of non-Disney adults, for lack of a better term, into the fold of Disney World was Batuu, which is also the Star Wars land. And I think it's really interesting how Disney has now taken these IPs that they have beyond just their cartoons 
and brought them into the fold and made them just as immersive and tapped into other fan bases and brought them into the Disney magic of it all. So I know plenty of people who are like, ugh, why would you want to go to a world about Mickey Mouse? Which I could tell you a million reasons why I would want to, but they would roll their eyes at that. But then they'd be like, oh, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool to walk through Star Wars. It's just been cool to see how the worlds have grown so much. And the Star Wars world is, it is probably the most immersive piece on all of Disney property because you walk in and, first of all, it's massive. It is, that land itself is so ginormous. Like, I would close my fitness loop on my iPhone from walking from one end to the other. No problem. It is massive. And it's so, like, there is sound design that really sounds like a Star Wars park. And the way that they've planted the foliage, all of the plants there look as though they are otherworldly. You have a full two-scale recreation of the Millennium Falcon that you can go and hang out in. And look, I'm not even a huge Star Wars head or Star Wars nerd. Like, I like the show, the movies plenty, and I've watched them all. I'm not... It's not my personal biggest fandom. But seeing that ship that I've seen on TV so many times in real life, it is literally breathtaking. And I know it sounds like I'm overstating it, but it's so freaking cool. And then they have a ride that makes it feel like you're inside of the Millennium Falcon and flying it. And again, it's all narrative. It's not just a roller coaster skinned with Star Wars playing Star Wars music. There is a story. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end to every touch point of a Disney attraction or experience that you get to go through and feel that resolution of completing a story. And I think as human beings, we want story. There is a reason that we keep coming back to story, why we tell stories, why we write stories about our own life when we're thinking about how things happened and why we love the stories of entertainment. And there is story in every moment of a Disney experience. Coming back off that tangent one last time, the fourth and final park, the newest of the parks that I remember, I was young enough, or I am old enough that I remember being at Disney World the year that Animal Kingdom opened. Well, I just said it, is Animal Kingdom. <laughs> and Animal Kingdom is, is so cool because it is all just about nature and it feels really different than the rest of the parks in that way. It is a giant park. Like you, it, it's so big and overwhelming. And you feel like you walked a marathon after it. They have a safari with like all these incredible animals. And they do all this conservation work. And you can literally see lions and giraffes from this like jeep that mimics being on a safari. And they've now expanded it with a Pandora world that is again, just wildly immersive. You feel like you're in Pandora from the Avatar movies. And I don't even, I actually, I actively dislike the movie Avatar, but I love being in that land because it feels like such an other magical type of place. And it has the best ride, maybe in the whole park, which is Avatar Flight of Passage. So those are the four parks. They all offer something different. Magic Kingdom is all about fantasy and being a little kid and the stories, the characters you love. Having that IP to play with and create stories around and bring these these characters and these stories to life in a physical way is, is just unbelievable. And I'll get back to that in a second. Then you have Epcot, which is undeniably a park that <laughs> caters to adults. 
the most popular thing to do in Epcot is to drink around the world and it's to go to all of the country pavilions and get a cocktail and I've done it and you get freaking hammered but every cocktail is so good and they're so unique and each land has different ones that you want to try they're all amazing Hollywood Studios is like the action the thrill the like IP that you're not as used to seeing like the Star Wars it feels like your heart is racing when you're in that park and then Animal Kingdom is again the nature the the animals the environment the conservatory so you have a different feeling when you're at every park and I think that's you can be at Disney World for a whole week and not get bored because in addition to those four parks they also have two water parks that are also themed I won't bore you with one-on-one on all of that as well they also have like entertainment areas there's like the boardwalk there's Disney Springs which is shopping and restaurants and all this fun stuff and then they have 32 or 33 I think now hotels and again every single one of those hotels is themed and so again you are part of this world building there's different costumes for the cast members there's different restaurants that match the theme of the hotel there's the Caribbean beach which is like being in the Caribbean There's the Polynesian, which is like being in Hawaii. There's Saratoga Springs, which is based off of the racetrack. There's the Yacht and the Beach Club, which is my favorite. Unsurprisingly, it's like New England summer. Shocking. Shannon likes New England. But every single hotel has its own story to tell too. So again, if you're thinking about that feeling of like, I just want to immerse myself in something in in a kind of entertainment that I don't always get... The experience doesn't stop at the park. The experience continues the entire time you are on that Disney property. If you're there for a whole week, there is always a story that you are a part of. As someone who went a lot as a little kid and got to enjoy the experience for what it was, which was true escapism. And, you know, at that time, I believed I was meeting the real Ariel when I went and met the Little Mermaid. Like, that is you know, how fully you believe these things when you're a little kid. So I had that experience. But now to go back as an adult, I feel like I get to appreciate it on such a deeper level because I can say, wow, they made this choice or they they thought about this detail or, oh my God, I wonder how they did that or what are they going to do next or what story are they telling? And I'm just enamored and I'm, I'm, frankly envious I want to be a part of it I want to be a part of creating all of those stories there's a story that I get to be a part of when I'm in the park which is the story of a pirate or the story of Luke Skywalker or whatever land I'm in but then there's also my own personal story and I'm about to get a little sappy here but I just know how much it meant to me as a little kid to be there and to meet these characters and to go on these rides and to be a part of this experience. And how special that was for me and my parents to have these moments together where we could bond and, and, and just enjoy something together like that. And then the first time I went back as an adult, I was honestly scared. I was like, what if I don't, what if I don't love it? What if I've outgrown it? What if I go and I see the plastic on the walls and I say, that's not a real rock. That is cement shaped to look like a rock or whatever that is. And I, I was nervous about going. And I got there and the nostalgia and the magic and the story 
just immediately hit me and I was like, I'm never going to get sick of this. I'm going to love this forever and I'm going to want this to be something that I share with my own kids and my own family in the same way that people people have traditions and things that they love that they share. Mine happens to be Disney. And the first time I went back as an adult, I didn't wait in line to see characters like I did as a kid. That was my favorite part of going as a kid was, was meeting these characters. However, on the last day of my trip, I was like, you know what? I'm here. You got to see Mickey Mouse. There was like a five-minute wait, which is rare. And I ended up in line behind a family. It was a young parent and I think maybe a grandparent with a little boy who I would be shocked if he was even two years old. He couldn't talk yet. He was kind of just waddling. Clearly, I don't know the age (laughs) timestamps for when kids are supposed to do things. But he, he could walk, but barely. So I end up in line behind this kid and his family. And I'm like not really paying attention. I'm honestly probably like scrolling through my phone or something. And we walk into the room where Mickey is. And... The joy on this child's face was, it it was transcendent. And I know that sounds like I am overstating. I'm not. It was, I just watched his eyes light up and he was just like, Mickey. Like he couldn't form sentences yet. He was so young, but he was just so aware that his hero this character that he watches every day, this stuffed animal that he has was standing there right in front of him. And he just started like wriggling. He wanted to get there. He wanted to see Mickey. His parents were like, you're not next. You're not next. Finally, it's the kid's turn. They put him down. And this little boy runs to Mickey full force, arms outstretched like it is a long lost family member. And he takes him in a hug and Mickey grabs him and hugs him. And this is a kid I've never met before, a stranger. I'm like a 23-year-old kid myself at this point. And I'm watching this happen. And I am sobbing. Just like tears streaming down my face. And I am so overcome with this emotion and this joy. This pure, unadulterated joy of a child having this experience that really feels like magic to them. And I just thought... How could anybody hate this? I, I love childlike wonder. I do. I love watching Disney movies sometimes as an adult. I love playing games and being silly. And I think it's so easy to just be so serious all the time. Or hell, even worse than serious. And I am such a culprit of this. Just trying to be cool all the time. And I think if more people liked Disney and didn't feel the need to turn their nose up at it, maybe we would all be a little bit happier of a place. And don't get me wrong, I know there are plenty of things that are wrong with Disney. I also know that it is stupidly expensive. And, you know, I'm not afraid to say like, hey, it costs way too much freaking money or they are letting too many people into the parks and the lines are too long, whatever it might be. But overwhelmingly, Disney World to me, like I said, it is the greatest story ever told. It is something you can experience in three dimension that I, with all five senses, and I just love it, and I'll never stop loving it. And I'm back to my initial point, I'm not going to let anybody yuck my yum about it and make me feel like it's stupid to love it. And I don't think, whatever you love, whether it's Disney World or 
Star Wars or beekeeping. I don't care. If you love it, don't let people yuck that yum. Don't be embarrassed by it. Embrace it. And the more you allow yourself to love it, the better that love feels. And I mean that sincerely. Like I feel so excited now when I get to go or think about it or watch content about it because I'm just fully embracing that it is something I love. So on that note, see you real soon.